Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Radio show tonight. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. First of all, um, I want to ask for forgiveness in advance. Okay, um, I've been under the weather over the past week or so, and it finally caught up with me today. Uh, I had an ear an earache this morning. I mean, it was out of this world. But thanks to Grandma's remedy, I'm feeling fifty percent better, at least maybe better. Hopefully, I'll be my normal self in the morning, but I'm going to power through this and see if we can talk some current events tonight. But before I do that, let me explain to you how this show works for those who may be new to it. This show is a platform for you, the callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers. All of you have the opportunity to voice chat or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, simply hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak, and it places you in the host queue. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. 
there is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. Alright, T2Q radio show number 614 starts right after a few words from, from friends of the show. Quave. It has the potential to cure all mankind's problems or destroy him completely. It could solve global warming, cure cancer, or turn the earth into a ball of glass. The newest thriller novel by John Parnell, The Genesis of Quave, is available through your favorite online or in-store retailer. And listeners of the station can now download The Genesis of Quave ebook for free. Go to Smashwords.com and use the coupon code PZ22T at checkout between now and August 31st. Listen to The Crystal Show for celebrity gossip, amazing interviews, musical guests, and the most fun to be had on internet radio. Check out the past and new podcasts at thecrystalshow.com. I go on and on, can't understand how I last so long. I must have the superpowers, last 223,000 hours. All right. My thanks to smashwords.com for the best of Go to smashwords.com to check it out. And my thanks to thecrystalshow.com for holding it down for T2Q. 347-202-0215 is the number. And be sure to tune in at the end of tonight's show to listen to a cut from a musical artist by the name of Jay Marr. His song, I'ma Get Mine, can be found on YouTube and SoundCloud or over on his website, bdentertainment.info. And that's B as in boy, D as in David, entertainment.info. I'll be playing I'm Gonna Get Mine by J. Mar to close the show. So stay tuned for that. All right. So the Republican National Convention is going on. Melena Trump spoke last night, and I thought about watching it live, but decided against it. And I'm glad that I did, because evidently I've heard this speech before. So, so much of Melena's speech was very similar to First Lady Michelle Obama's speech from 2008 from the um, Democratic National Convention. Here, take, take, a, take a listen for yourself. Values. Like, you work hard for what you want in life. The values that you work hard for what you want in life. That your word is your bond, that you do what you say you're going to do. That your word is your bond, and you do what you say and keep your promise. That you treat people with dignity and respect. That you treat people with respect. Because we want our children and all children in this nation to know that the only limit to the height of your achievements is the reach of your dreams and your willingness to work hard for them. Because we want our children in this nation to know that the only limit to your achievements is the strength of your dreams and your willingness to work for them. All right. Now, let's be honest. The eyes that Milena wrote that speech herself are about as good as the eyes of Donald Trump's hair being real. So she's not to blame. 
her speechwriter is to blame. So let me go to the phone lines and we'll go ahead and break this topic on open. To the Motor City of Detroit, I go. You bring on the author, the show hostess, the show legend, Crystal Hickerson. What's going on, Chris? Thank you. How are you? I am doing well. How's it going on your end? That's okay. Sorry you don't feel very good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But, you know, I'm getting back to, to normal. I'll get back there. Mm-hmm. So, all right, just me and you to start off. I have a caller from the ATL. If you want to jump in, just press 1 and you can join the discussion. Okay, so the first question of the night, Crystal. Was Melania Trump sabotaged with this plagiarized floated speech? I mean, does the GOP want Trump and his supporters to look bad? Well, um, it's interesting that you use the word sabotage because the first, my first reaction was she's just a fucking idiot. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we can barely speak English. That was my, wow. you know, that's my thing. But the more I think of it, when I when I look at the entire premise of Trump and everything, I have like two ideas about what's going on here. I I really think that deep down he really doesn't want to win. And I actually think that this is all just bullshit. This is like total fucking bullshit. And I think that he didn't think he would get this far. And um, and I do believe that he himself is trying to sabotage it. I mean, from picking his VP running mate, which was, to me, the most ridiculous thing to do. I mean, you would have, I mean, this guy, Mike Pence, is like the, I mean, he's worse than Trump because he's a, he's an actuality person. I mean, Trump is just, you know, whatever. He's an entertainer, right. basically, and a businessman. But Mike Pence is a real motherfucking deal of racist, you know, misogynist, just horrible person. So you would think that if you were actually wanting to win, you would pick somebody who was a little bit more, kind of a liberal Republican that people can go, okay, well, you know, he's smart, but he's not so bad or whatever. Um, and this whole thing with the speech last night, I think either Trump told her do this and that she didn't know what she was doing or somebody else within his party who knows what's going on and maybe she doesn't said, okay, we'll give her this, they'll torture her for it, and it'll just, you know, They'll bring, they'll you know open their eyes to realize, or maybe even somebody on his team who really doesn't want him to win, um, who just wanted to embarrass her. And I almost kind of feel sorry for her, quite frankly. Now kind of his first his first wife, you know, um, Ivanka, she wouldn't have said that shit. She was a she's a very smart woman, which is why she's divorced. From him, but she was very smart. She was very business savvy. I could see her as the first lady, um, but this chick is a literal. She's she's like a pageant winner, which is what he likes, and that's fine for yeah, a business person. But as a first that's what I was going to ask you next. Do you think there's there's no way she could be a successful first lady? She can be a successful first lady if he wins the presidency because, you know, that makes her the first lady. Um, as far as – I don't really see um, first ladies necessarily as successful or not successful um, because, you know, they have a platform that they have to be on and they, they choose, you know, what they're going to 
basically promote, you know, as part of being the first lady or whatever. But um, I think a lot of the first ladies, you don't see them much. They are, you know, behind the scenes. They're doing, you know, the charity things or whatever, and and that's fine. Um, I think just lately we've been seeing, like, you know, with Michelle, uh, of course with Hillary, <laughs> you know, we saw more of a stronger mm-hmm. presence in in the White House. And I think Hillary was actually the strongest presence. You know, even Michelle Probably. was not quite as uh, strong, you know, as far as, like, taking on major platforms and everything. But, I mean, I think she'll be fine. I think she'll be beautiful and everything. And she's no Jackie O. You know, I mean, she's not that kind of class and style. And I think that's what's missing. And I think we want the first lady to have class and style. And she really doesn't. And I'm sorry. I would like for my first lady to be fucking American. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. I mean, it, I mean I'm mean, i not saying um, – I would like for her to sound American and be American. And, and, and maybe, that's, maybe that's racist. But um, I don't know. <laughs> Or nationalist, I don't know, but I think that yeah. you know, I, I don't want her to have an accent, and I don't want subtitles when it comes to my first lady. But then again, she's a first lady, so maybe she can just not speak much, so it'll be okay. Hey, we live in a melting pot. It was bound to happen. So, well, yeah, but I was figuring it would happen on the other side, where maybe you know, there's a Spanish president, and we have I a, did. you know. A Latin, beautiful, you know, immigrant wife. Okay, I'll accept that. Well, I was thinking more of the lines of a Hispanic president, but I get you. Yeah, that's what I mean. Hispanic oh, okay, okay. All right, well, let me go to the phone lines again to the 340 area code to the lovely Virgin Island. Welcome to Archie Dormish. This home is Archie. What's going on? It's all good, It's all good. How you doing, man? Can't complain. Can't complain at all. Okay. And what do you think, Arch? Do you think that Melania Trump, Melania Trump has what it takes to be the first lady of the United States, a successful one? Well, that, that definitely depends on your definition of successful. Um, <laughs> I really... I really don't think she'll screw it up, um, per se. I don't think anyone on the Trump team would let her do anything too outlandish. Um, particularly, I don't think she'll add anything to it. I think she'll really just exist, really, as the first lady. She'll walk around. She'll smile. She'll say nice things. She'll just she'll say whatever Donald tells her to say, which. You know, it's probably in the case that's happened in her speech. Somebody came to her and said, this is the speech that you're reading, and she read it, and that was it, you know. So I don't, I don't, think, I don't think successful would be a word that I would use for her as a, as a first lady. Like I said, she's definitely no Jackie O. She's no, uh, she's no Hillary Clinton. She's no Obama. I, I just think she'll, she'll be there, and she'll just, She'll just exist as the first lady. You're probably right. I mean, she'll probably just do her thing. and Definitely, she won't be in the spotlight. I don't think. Uh, no, she's she's gonna she's 
she's going to retreat as much as possible because there's there's nothing you see from her that says you know she that she has a platform that she believes in that she's going to come out and speak about and actually do things on her own. I mean, Hillary Clinton, after leaving the White House, ran for Senate, became Secretary of State. She she was her own person, and you could see that even while she was First Lady. Melania Trump, she's, she's, she's very much, to me, she's very much a trophy wife. Okay. Definitely comes off that way. Um, I mean, well, you, you can't expect too much more from Donald Trump. But like Crystal, I kind of feel sorry for her, you know. But let me go back to the phones, to the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida, to welcome the man in black making his way to the ring. Buck, what's happening, man? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? Doing well. How you doing, bro? Fantastic. Glad to hear everybody on tonight. That's good. That's good. So... Of course, now, the Trump team said that no one did any plagiarizing of Michelle Obama's speech from 2008 and that all of that was based on Melania's experiences of her life. So, I mean, there have been memes going across Facebook and everything all day. I came across a few more um, of Melania's quotes, and again, she did not mm-hmm. steal these. These are, you know... Her words, okay? And I just thought I'd share this all with you to give you some inspiration. You know, I know people are going to say she plagiarized these, but I'm not buying that because these words are different. You know, it's not necessarily plagiarism if the words are different, right? I mean, that's Trump logic. For example, here's a millennia quote. My fellow citizens of the U.S., ask not what the U.S. can do for you. Ask what you can do for the U.S. How beautiful is that? That is so beautiful. All right, here's another one. So, first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to be afraid of is fear itself. Wow. Now, I, know what gonna say. I mean, I, I mean, just get motivated. Here's another one. Every breath you take, every move you make, every bond you break, every step you take, I'll be gazing in your direction. Oh, man. Wow. That last one, right, one more. One more. Just one more. I, I don't want to turn this into a motivational you know, show. So um, here's the last one. Give me that donkey butt and those big old legs. I don't have too much pride in which I can't beg. Oh, man. Those are just a few gems that Melania has dropped over the past few years. So clearly a vision. Clearly a vision. <laughs> visionary my ass. I mean, you got to think about it like this. She She's not from this country originally. So, I mean, whatever rap music or whatever she's listening to, soft rock, whatever, um, to get these quotes, uh, you know, to try to make it sound like she's down, that's fine. Um, you know, she changed like one or two words and, you know, boom, there it is, you know. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, it's this is a very, very, I mean, I was looking at a little bit, little bit of this. Uh, I guess they were trying to redo the delegates earlier. I'm not sure if it's still on. I, I just watched a little bit of it. You know, this is just unprecedented territory where, you know, we have 
somebody, you know, some, I mean, Trump has some ideas, but, you know, let's, let's not get it twisted. I mean, we can have Mickey Mouse for president as far as I'm concerned. It's the House of Representatives and the Senate that make the rules. You know, and, in, and a lot of people want to blame Obama for the, the current situation that that we're in right now. But you, you got to understand, the last eight years, it would probably take 12 years, maybe even 16 years, to straighten up what George Bush did. You know, the pre, you know, the you know pre to uh, Obama getting in. Now, yeah, we have a large debt. Now, you know, and Trump's saying everything he's trying to say as far as you know, what he can do for the country and building walls and all this kind of stuff and we can get us out of debt. You know, as long as the House and the House and the Senate have some of the stuff that he's talking about, then okay. But if it doesn't, we're going to be in a bigger hole than what we're already in. Yeah, I agree with you there. Things will only get worse. But, uh, Crystal, let me go back to you. And we'll we'll talk a little more about the Republican National Convention. Like I said, it kicked off last night um, in Cleveland, Ohio. And I don't know if you had opportunities to see this guy, but did you see Wisconsin Sheriff um, David Clark? Um, I saw. You mean the interview that he did? And yeah, he he, gave an, he did an interview with Don Lemon. He also gave a speech um, at the podium. And, um, no, I didn't. I didn't watch all of that, but I did watch the interview with um, Don Lemon beforehand. Well, this is yeah. a Wisconsin sheriff by the name of David Clark. He is a, a black man, and he said last night that blue lives matter um, when he gave his speech, referring to the police department, and he condemned the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, essentially calling it anarchy. Uh, what do you think about? This Chris, I mean, is another black person calling Black Lives Matter anarchy or putting it down? Is that what we need? Well, first of all, regarding, um, you know, I see where people are coming from when they say Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, or whatever. You know, the the start of this uh, movement was actually made by three gay women who were black and they did it in order to of course um you know to protest against uh, Trayvon Martin but um their main focus and the reason why they created it was because they felt that um men have taken over the civil rights movement and it's never gone well and so they wanted to create and it was always exclusionary they excluded women and um, the LGBT community, even before it was a community, you know, um, homosexuals and, and transsexuals, they, they excluded these people from, you know, civil rights and all of that. And so that's why they created it. I really wish now that I look at it and they have said it themselves that this movement has been hijacked um, that from what they've started into something you know, and it is now it's almost like male driven as far as what the public sees. So it's like again they have been, you know, hijacked and run over and now put to the back burner of what it really was intended to be. So it's quite interesting. But um 
you know, the whole thing regarding people saying they, I think people have a right to, to um, say what they want. I, I really don't think that the whole, um, the fact that he's a black man. I don't see him necessarily as a black man. I see him supporting his um, a culture that he relates to, which is of course is the cops, which he, which are being attacked right now. And you know, and of course you can say, well, they attacked. Um, blacks or whatever or the community, but that's why he's he does. That's why he's saying that, and so I get why he's angry. Just like I get why, you know, blacks are angry. Of course, so um, I really can't condemn him for that. I really, I really can't, and I don't think he should be. Um, I don't think he should have to choose a side per se, um, and I really don't think there should be sides. But uh, I just, I just really wanted to make that point. I don't know if a lot of people know that about the uh-huh. Black Lives Matter, that um, the history of how, how it actually started and why. So, and to me, as a woman and as a black woman, it kind of pisses me off uh, when I really delved, delved into the history because I really wanted to know more about who was running this, you know. And when I found that out, I was, I was even doubly uh, a little upset that because when I think about Black Lives Matter, and I bet a lot of you do, you you think of all the male influences because that's all you see out there are other you know males talking about Black Lives Matter and being the front runners and I'm like who the hell are you I mean but whatever I mean, <laughs> I, mean I see where it's going and, and and it's just it's just a shame I wish they had called it something else <laughs> so, so it could definitely keep the the female part in there which was was which was their intent in the beginning but I wish they had called it something else. But anyway, <laughs> hashtag, you know, men testosterone rules. So, you know, like I said, I saw what he did on Don Lemon, uh, and, and I thought that was very interesting. They couldn't even really have a real interview and conversation. I think they yeah, both really were going back and forth. I think Don did a disservice to the interview um, by challenging him and trying to keep things, quote, unquote, on track. But the idea was to get out what he was trying to say. And if he had have allowed him to speak to whatever he was talking about and then engaging what he was saying, he's calling, you have to peel the onion of what, you know, he, you know Clark was trying to say. I mean, if he had have allowed him to say that, it would have been a better interview. I think we would have gotten more insight on where he was coming from. But um, they just kept going back and forth. And I think that really, to me, that um, that was Don's fault as an, in, as an interview, interviewer and as a journalist. He, he, your goal is to get to the root of the truth, and he didn't do that. He cut him off because um, probably for his own agenda or whatever. Uh, and his and own you know ego. what? <clears throat> That's hard to do. Um, I've been in a situation where it's almost like your pride kicks in, or like you said, your ego kicks in. And you want to control the conversation because it's your show, but you're you're right. Sometimes you do have to step back and let things unfold, and you can still get to the questions you want to ask. But there are just some people who are not going to stop speaking until they say what they have to say. And a lot of times, it can actually help your cause if you do have an agenda, which Don Lemon um, obviously does. Um, he should have just, like you said, allowed the man to get everything off his chest and then kind of start from scratch or come with another question. So, I yeah, agree with so that. that made him that made him a very bad interviewer, and that's the point. It's first of all, it's your show, so at the end you can say whatever you want once your interviewee is gone. 
you can come back and, you know, say your spiel because it's your show. And now, I mean, the, the people who are listening to your show or watching your show are going to be upset because I didn't get to see a real interview because you kept interjecting your shit. I mean, I want to hear what this person had to say. That's the purpose of them coming on to your show. So, right. I don't know. That To me, that made, that makes a person a bad interviewer. And, you know, you didn't do your audience a, a justice by doing that because of your own fucking ego. I mean, yes, the Don Lemon, you know, minute or hour or whatever on CNN, the big fucking deal. I mean, so what? You're the host. Good, great. I want to hear what your inter- your guest has to say. That's what I want to hear. And because I know you can say whatever the hell you want because it's your show later right. on. So right. I just thought that was bad. Because I really did want to hear really the core of what he was trying to get at. And he didn't allow him to do that. Good point. Good point. All right. So, Buck, the Republican National Convention has been uneven, uneasy about open carry laws there. Um, you know, they kind of want to change things up with all the recent shootings and everything going on. I mean, will we eventually see open carry laws removed with all this backlash we've had against the police lately? I think um, at this point, I think you will. Um, I'm not against open carry laws because I think if you got more guns, you know, you know, if it's an open carry laws, I think people are less likely to, you know, mess around with you. But judging by, you know, what we've seen in the recent weeks and today in Kansas City, it's open season on cops, unfortunately. And I don't think anybody needs to be carrying guns, especially anybody black carrying any guns right now because, you know, it may be open season on cops, but really we're the ones that's being hunted. So that's something that we have to, you know, keep, you know, keep in consideration. So I think that's, I mean, I'm a firm believer in, the, you know, being able to, you know, have the right to bear arms. But, you know, we're going to have to figure out some kind of way to, you know, curtail the violence against the police officers. They're here to serve and protect, not to be, you know, not to be, you know, taken out by, you know, by any individual, regardless of what color they are. So I think the, you know, I think there's going to be some, some changes on that open carry law here in the next few weeks, I believe. Do you happen to know if the shooter in Kansas City was black or white? I don't know. Uh, I've only seen a few reports on it. Um, I did not, because um, they, they kind of blocked it out once they started doing the, uh, you know, the national convention. Um, but I don't know what kind of shooter was. I don't know yet. Okay, okay. And Crystal, I mean, just like Buck pointed out, more cops were killed this week. Will that make things better or worse for black men who come in contact with the police? Well, it makes it worse. I mean, it makes it worse for everybody and because you're going to have cops who are even more on edge. Um, and maybe even the ones who aren't who weren't on edge before, now they're on edge because it could happen anytime, anywhere. Say because you know, you know, at first you can think, okay, well, these are a few cops who are, you know, on edge because of their own issues, or you know, and they shouldn't really be in the positions that they're in, um, and they're you know they put out there. 
and, you know, things are looked over, so here are these bad eggs. But now you're going to just have even your regular upstanding cop who's just, you know, he's literally scared to go to work or he's going to be even more cautious. So I think it's worse for everybody. And these shooters are not martyrs, okay? They're fucking killers. (laughs) They're psychotic. They They had issues. And that's why they did this. They're not doing this because they're trying to become, um, you know, freedom fighters or whatever. I mean, they're fucking kamikaze, you know. And this is not built into a culture. This is something they're doing because they're psychotic. And, you know, so, and it's not helping, it's not helping the Black Lives Matter. It's not helping anybody. And it's just making things worse. And I think they're going to continue to get worse before they get better. It appears that way. And, Buck, how do you feel, man? Is it going to make it harder on us when we come in contact with the police, or will they be a little oh, yeah. more apprehensive about mistreating us for fear of retaliation? I think that it's, it's getting to the point now where, I mean, you can't even let a police officer get behind you. Um, I think it's getting remarkably worse, simply because, I mean, you know, you see a police officer behind you now, at least I know we talked about this the other day. I see one behind me, I'm turning. I don't care if it's a house, I don't care if it's a lingerie store, I don't give a damn where it is. I'm just going to turn off simply because I don't want them behind me. You know, I'm not going to give them the chance to run a tag or anything else. I'm turning turning right or turning left and getting them away from behind me because you know what's so I don't funny? want any confrontation. I hate, you, I hate to cut you off, but what's so funny, I remember you saying that two, three years ago on the show, that when a cop oh, yeah, gets no behind doubt. you, that you would get off, you would get off the road or, or try to find some way to get him from behind you. Exactly. I mean, and now you better make sure you do it. I mean, and another thing too, I mean, we should not be, we should not feel, you know, this is, we're supposed to be the freest country in the, in the, in the world. But I, you know, I don't feel free when I got to keep a cop from getting on my bumper and having to turn, you know, turn off to go somewhere that I ain't even going to protect myself, you know? So, you know, it's unfortunate that we're in this, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement is one thing, but these idiots that's out here shooting these cops for no reason are making it worse. Not only – they're really making it bad for the for the black man, but they're really – they're making it bad for everybody. Every cop's on edge regardless to who they pull over now. You know, they're wearing body armor. I mean, pretty soon you're going to see guys looking like them transformers coming up to your damn car because they, they're afraid for their lives. <laughs> Because these fucking idiots are out here shooting all these damn cops, it, you know. If in, you know, this is what the you know. If Black Lives really matter, if you can organize that many motherfucking people to march, why don't you organize that many people to go back to the black neighborhoods and straighten these some bitches out, so we won't be having these kind of issues. We don't need to be marching. We need to be trying to stop you know black on black crime and stop black people from going out there doing this dumb stuff. Go back to your neighborhoods. Organize something, you know. Go, you know, on a Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning or whatever, and go in, go into these neighborhoods and knock on doors and start talking to these people and getting these people straight and have some police officers with them so everybody can sit down and do a form and th- you know and try to clean up the neighborhood. Damn all this fucking marching because that ain't doing anything. That you know, if Black Lives really matter, that fucking group and organization needs to be going back to the neighborhoods and straightening them the fuck out. Okay. 
Very good point. Very, very good point. All right. I like that. Marching on the black communities and trying to get things straight there. All right. Um, as far as the situation in Kansas City, my man Mike chimed in on Twitter um, out of Jackson, Mississippi, and he said that um, that the guys that in Kansas City were running from the police because they had warrants and that there are three in custody and they're searching for one more. So it doesn't look yeah, like so it was anything. Happened? I didn't hear about this. What happened? Um, a, a captain, a captain got shot and killed in Kansas City um, by some shooters, and it was in regard. It was regarding a warrant, so I don't think it was any type of ambush or anything like we've been seeing. It was just a matter of he went after some bad guys, and they, you know, shot back. So, so, but I have to get more details on that. But I appreciate that information, Mike. And let me go to the phone lines to the 615 area code to Nashville. Bring on my man, Old School. What's happening, man? What's going on, dude? Not too much. How you doing up there? Doing pretty good. Everybody doing all right? Doing well, man. All right, Old School, let me ask you this. Can a black cop be a good cop in the eyes of the black community, or are all of them viewed as sellouts? I don't know. I mean, you know, the most he can be used as a good cop now. I, I got personal experience with that because my wife's got a uh, cousin that was a great cop here in Nashville. He died a few years ago in the line of duty, but he was a great cop. He set good examples for his kids, his family, his neighborhood, all that. But we do have those bad cops out there that's trying to prove a point, and those are the ones that create the problem. Yeah, they kind of make everyone look bad. People want to lump them together. And yeah. Archie, I'll go back. You, you I'll go can't ahead. lump them together. Right. I'm sorry, go ahead. And, and Archie, what do you think, man? Do you think that the black community looks at all cops, all black cops, as sellouts or traitors? I think there, I think there are a lot of people in the black community that, yes, they look at them as sellouts and traitors. It's really not true. I I had a conversation, mine that, you know, there's no way I could say, you know, I lost you. You still there, Arch? All right. I think I lost Arch. We'll come back to him. And, um, but I mean, I know, I don't think you can lump them all together. Uh, I mean, I think it's stupid to do so. Um, I've known some cops, and they were pretty cool. Um, a guy I know named Johnny Wales with the Jackson Police Department. A guy Buck and I both know uh, by the name of Lafayette. I don't know his last name. He's been an officer for quite some time. Um, I have a detective for the Ridgeland Police Department that lives in my neighborhood. He's done nothing but show my family love and respect. So, I mean, not all cops are sellouts. Some just want to work and get home to their families. Now, Crystal, if a cop witnesses something bad, then at that point, should he speak out since he's sworn, he or she are sworn to uphold and protect the law? Um, well, yeah, of course they're supposed to. <laughs> now, if you, when you say something bad, I'm assuming you mean another cop. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, they're supposed to, and um, I'm sure that is definitely part of their job to do so, just like with anything, every job is like that. Whether you do or not, it has to do with 
um, your loyalty, and um, I think they have a very strong bond, or and they feel um, just like with any job, you feel you know your career is to be on the line, or whether or not you can move up or get where you know you where you want to go. So you're probably not going to say things about certain people. I think sometimes some cops um, end up being bad or doing things that they want to do because they have a you know, they have an in with others. A lot of these cops, they're cops because their dad was a cop, you know, or, you know, because they were, most of the men in their family were cops, just, you know. So they, this is like a long tradition for a lot of them. So it's, you know, it's ingrained in them. So they may feel that they can have a little leeway, and they probably, maybe they do, the ones who are able to act out a certain way or, you know, or, you know, there could be their sergeants or whatever who feel, um, well, yeah, he's just a very gung-ho kid, and, and yeah, I understand where he's coming from. He just needs to be trained better or whatever. So he has, like, an affinity for him, maybe because he knew somebody. I mean, I think the cops are, to me, the cops are similar to the military, where you have a certain bond with the um, soldiers that, you, that you're with, and, and, so within anything, your group you want to protect, the people you feel who are a part of you and that makes you who you are and accepts you or whatever. And, you know, you have a belief, as, as a lot of them say, they have a brotherhood, you know. I mean, I don't know what that means for the female cops, but whatever. But, you know, mainly they say they have a brotherhood. So it's like... Um, they probably won't. They probably look the other way or try to talk to them on a personal level, and they don't because it is probably like snitching with each other or ratting them out or something. So they're going to try to do what they can in order to help them on the inside before going to someone um, like internal affairs or you know, and really getting somebody in trouble and hurting their career. So, so I think a lot of them may want to, but a lot of them probably don't. Well, at least not on an official level where it would actually make some changes. Okay. All right. Um, one more thing on the Baton Rouge shooter. Uh, he said that he acted alone, yet a lot of people are trying to lump him in with the Black Lives Movement, uh, Black Lives Matter movement. Is that essentially the same thing that cops are experiencing? Just like people want to link all angry black people to Black Lives Matter, people want to link all bad cops to everyone in the police department. I mean, how do we separate the two? Or how do we get people to separate the two? That's for whoever. Talk about separation. Uh, yeah, how, we, how do we get people to look at, look at things differently and say, okay, this person's bad, this person's good, instead of lumping them all together? Well, see, that's a hard question because you—it's hard to do because you got so many people that are good, but you got so many people who are bad right off the top. So you—it's hard to separate them because we all live together, we all intermingle. So therefore, it's hard to separate the good from the bad. And not to mention, some of the bad are putting on good faces. They smiling in your face right now, but they planning to kill you behind your back. Okay. Anybody else have a comment? Yeah, I think that, I mean, just with with blacks or with, you know, we tend to stereotype 
um, races or groups of people, whether or not it's a white or black situation or whether or not it's an economic thing or where you live kind of a thing or you're from New York or you're from L.A., you know, or whatever, you know. It's like, or you're from the South, or you're from, you know, the North, or whatever, so you act this way, and you must be like this. I mean, that's typical of what people do, but um, with such a large group of group of people, such as um, Blacks and such as cops, um, we can't do that. You can't lump them all together, um, because we're all different. I mean, you know, are you going to compare... Someone like I don't know, Omarosa, <laughs> to you know someone you know like Kendrick Lamar. I mean I don't know. I mean they're, they're two different people, but right. Um, One is the director of African American Affairs. That's right. Yes, she is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's for hilarious. Donald Trump, you left that off. So that's for Donald Trump. <laughs> right. No. Yes, for Donald Trump, and she, um, she. I think they had an affinity from the beginning because they're probably a lot alike just in, the, in, their, in their personality, go-getter and all that kind of a thing. But, again, you can't lump people all together in a certain group. But the problem is, I think a lot of times, is what we were just talking about, is that when you have one person or a few groups who decide or a few part of a group who decides, okay, I'm going to go out, I'm going to do these horrible things. And then you have the rest of the group say, you know, either stay silent about how horrible it was or um, just because they don't want to seem like they're on the other side. So they don't say anything or they just kind of back what he was doing, such as um, these killers, you know, like the one in Dallas, you know. I mean, I don't back what he did. Okay, right. I think what he did was ridiculous and it was stupid. And I don't think it had anything to do with Black Lives Matter or anything to do with black people, period. This was his issue. These were his people break down. Mental illness is real. And he obviously had, you know, some issues. And mental illness, when people think mental illness, they all already go to, oh, okay, that was schizophrenia. That's something like that. No, depression is real, and it's a killer. It will kill you and it will kill the person eventually. It is a real disease. So, um, so that, but that doesn't mean that he is now the leader of the martyr for the black people. You know, he's not Martin Luther King. He's not Malcolm X. Okay, he's not neither of those people. So, and so he doesn't stand and in, in stand for us or whatever. But the problem is when you do have, but what he was doing, he was shooting cops, so, oh, okay, so he must be on our side, because he was doing something noble, he wasn't doing anything noble, you know, so, it's, you know, it's the same thing for the cops, the ones who do stupid things, or, you know, start, you know, shooting and killing, obviously, I mean, they are they don't speak, they're not the spokesperson for cops, but the problem is, of course, the same thing, you have the cops, on the other hand, who go, well, he was just doing his job, but he clearly they weren't. So, um, so you don't have. So you have these groups who decide, okay, I have to be on the side that I'm in, or I'm going to be a traitor to my side, or whatever. It's like a stupid high school game, and no one wants to come out and say what he did was was ridiculous. We do not agree with this. This is awful. Exactly. On both sides, no one, no one's done that. No one who has, uh, you know, um, the power to 
you know, to grab hold of the masses. You know, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I haven't heard Black Matters, um, Black Lives Matter group and organization or whatever come out, a spokesperson, I don't even know really who that is, to say, look, what these guys did was wrong. We do not support them. He or whatever, these guys were not a part of us. Okay, and we don't agree with what they did. No one has said that. So that means, oh, you must agree with what they did. That must be your agenda. Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, it, I, I agree with you there. Um, there's, a, there's a man and a woman who I think were founders of the movement. I can't think of their names right now. And I thought I remember seeing both of them on some talk show and they were asked about it, and they did condemn it, but they, like you said, they had to be asked. I mean, me personally, I'm rushing to the microphone, first microphone I can find, and saying, look, this guy's a killer. He has nothing to do with black lives. I mean, that would have been me, you know, rather than sitting around waiting on someone to ask. Um, so I agree with you. Right, I think right. The I founders think were three women, and that's those were the founders. Uh, okay. Uh, who, but again, I don't know who is speaking like I said, this movement has been hijacked, and um, yeah. it, it totally has been hijacked, and it's taken on a life of its own. Right. So I don't even know who the spokesperson but is. The first step for both groups is for the leaders to come out and say, you know what? What happened is wrong. We're going to fix it. That's all it takes. That's all it takes, and it can, and it can start from there if both sides would, would do that. So... All right, now let's let's move over to President Obama and his role in this. And these are some of the questions I had left over from last week's show. And old school, I go back to you. Some say that Obama is hard on cops after the incident with Professor Henry Louis Gates, where um, he chastised a cop for arresting a man trying to get break into his own home. And he was a lot of people say that he defended Mike Brown of the whole Ferguson incident. Do you agree that Obama's hard on cops? Uh, I can't agree with that. I disagree totally. Because if he was harder on cops, he would be going to the legislature, he'd be going to the judicial system, and he'd be punishing these cops. They wouldn't be getting away with it. He can say anything, but they they get away with it. They're killing people in cold blood. So, no, I don't think he's being too hard. I think he needs to be harder. Okay, okay. And uh, by the way, Mike chimed in with the names of the Black Lives people, Alicia Garza, Opal Tometi, and Patrice Colors. So appreciate that, Mike. And Buck, what do you think, man? Is Obama hard on cops or is it just the opposite, like um, old school said? I don't think he's hard on cops. I just think that, uh, you know, it's, this is happening on such an uh, um, unprecedented level that, I mean, I think it's a shock to him more than anything else. I mean, he's doing everything he can possibly can. He's at the end of his presidency, you know, and he's trying to, you know, he's trying to, um, you know, wrap things up. But at the same time, you know, he's trying to do what he can to try to help those police officers and, you know, those that are grieving and trying to prevent this from happening. So I think more than anything else, it's more of a shock to him. It's a shock to us all, really, because, I mean, every day almost it seems like, you know, some, you know, cops are under siege and, um, you know, something's got to be done. Okay, so 
Crystal, can President Obama be on the? How can he be on the citizen side and the police's side at the same time? I mean, or does he have to choose one and one group to start with first? He has to be on the side of um, what is right, and sometimes that means you have to straddle the fence. Okay, he cannot take the stance of you know, all cops are bad, so therefore we need to do this. Or I have to take the stance, uh, you know, of the black race or whatever. And, you know, you can't, you can't take that stance. Um, and, and he is, he's at the executive level. Cops are, are on the state level. And they are on the local levels. It's very hard to mm-hmm. make those changes. Um, Good point. Because, because of the way it's set up. And um, but he can speak out about it, which is what he's you know what he's doing, and you know he can hope that those um, those people in the, in in those states can make you know begin to make their changes, and I'm, I'm sure they see that there's changes to be made. Of course, right now everybody's distracted because of everything that's going on. You know you can't make a change in your house until the chaos dies down, and then you can start. Make changes in your house. I mean, I mean that's just that's just normal and natural. I think he's doing what he can, and he is not the end all to be all of how these things work. He is not the magic pill for everything, and there is set up that way that he's not because otherwise, would this would be a dictatorship? So yeah. you cannot just say, okay, now we're going to do this, and this is the way it's going to be, and that's the end of it. So it is written, so it shall be done. I mean, you can't do that. Um, you know, he has to, he has to follow procedure. He can make comment on it, but that's, and that's it. And then hopefully he can work, you know, in the chain of command and work down and say, these are the things that we can do. Hopefully these states will start taking heed to what needs to be done. And you can start holding them more accountable. Um, as, as you know, you were saying the FBI is looking more into these things. Um, but if he took control of it, his power would be to to have martial law. That's his power. But you don't want to do that. Well, and, <laughs> and I, I wasn't, and I wasn't going that either. I'm sorry if I tried to say right. like he. You don't want to do that. I, I wasn't going that. No, I, I wasn't going that. I was just saying that he is he is at the hand of the whole thing. He suggested, like he said, but he needs to there and more possible suggestions to Congress, which ain't coming in. And I know. Uh, judicial system and these local and state governments that are letting these cops get away with murder. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm not putting it all on him. Okay. Okay. On Facebook, Christina Holden chimed in from Mississippi. She says, I agree 100% with Crystal. So you're getting a little love from Facebook, Crystal. She also chimed yeah, in about... Go ahead uh, on, girl. <laughs> she also mentioned, uh, she says, quote, I have a 16-year-old son that I'm trying to explain all of this to. It's bad that I have to tell him to watch himself, watch yourself about everything just because he's black and he hasn't did anything, And uh, end quote. And I, I know that has to be hard right now because kids don't always understand the severity of certain things. And trying to give kids instructions just so they can come home alive has to be very difficult for any Parent, right there, right now, um, as a kid, has another job, and you know, 
black or brown or you know whatever minority situation that may have some type of difficulty with cops. So uh, that has to be really hard. Well, one and, thing you got to understand, this ain't nothing new. My mama and my, I'm old school. Like I said, I'm old school. My mama has been telling me this stuff since I was a young man, and I'm 52 years old. And I, I want right. to agree with Buck really about pulling away from the cops. Man, I've done it so many times, I can't tell you. You don't know what's going on. It's true. It's true, man, because um, I had to talk when I was younger about how to handle myself around the police and everything, and I, I guess the only difference really now, a lot of people may think that it is new, and it's not. The only it, difference now is that we, we're, we're able to film it. Um, yeah. But just imagine how bad it was years ago before cell phone cameras. There were folks straight getting beaten, coming up missing back in the day. Okay. You know, so. You say that, if you don't mind, let me give you a quick story, real quick. Uh, speaking of back in the day, my stepfather was a good drinker, but the cops pulled him over one night, and back in those days, like you say, they take you somewhere and they rough you up. They couldn't basically take you to the station. They take you somewhere and rough you up. Well, right. they actually dropped him off on our front porch. After, after they got through beating, they dropped him off on our front porch and say, hey, you. And he just was on mm-hmm. our business. There wasn't nothing we could do about it yet. But right, we were happy he got home alive. Right, right, and that's a shame, and that's a shame, and that was probably very common, especially in the in the sixties. If well, probably in the seventies. I don't know how many people that's actually got home alive in the sixties before that. Right. But let me go back to the phone lines to the eight six five area code. I go, volunteer state of Tennessee, and welcome on, Daddy Rich. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Man, how you been doing? Man, all right. How about you? Hanging in there, bro. All right. A couple more questions on on this topic, I guess, as far as um, politics in general. Um, Daddy Rich, do you think boycotts help? I mean, well, not buying a pair of Jordans until Michael Jordan comes out and speaks out against certain atrocities against black people. Um, or ignoring the sales at Target. I mean, is that somehow going to help minorities? Well, speak on the Jordan thing, that's an atrocity in itself to black people because he's a black owner of a business. So, you know, him not speaking, that's something that he can't do. These people need to understand that some of these people, I I can't speak for him or any of these people, but some of these people are really doing things behind closed doors but they can't speak out, you know, and that could be him, but I doubt it. Jordan's usually one of the guys that just sways towards what's going on, what's right politically. But, you know, some of these people, you know, are good people, and they're, you know, like Matt Barnes. These people are behind closed doors trying to figure something out, man, you know, and what we need to do as public is just be quiet for a minute and, and, and listen to what's going on around us and, and how these people are talking, you know, we need to prepare ourselves for the worst right now. And, you know, I hate to say it, but that's the way it is. The more, the more this stuff goes on in the media, the more people talk about it, the worse it's going to get. We've got to, this has got to stop CNN and all these places covering this crap and, you know, publicizing it big. These are incidents, but there's, you know, they, they're they bad, 
They're very bad. I'll, I'll say that. But, you know, then you have the, the terrorists. They're doing their thing, too. But they're killing a lot of people, you know. And in my mind, you know, you've got everybody now saying the cops, oh, well, what about us? What about us? And then you got, you know, the, the black males, what about us? What about it? We are getting prosecuted in the streets. We're getting killed, just directly killed. I don't agree with that. But, you know, some of these people that are in high positions, they have to watch what they say, man. And I don't fault Michael Jordan one bit for not saying nothing because I wouldn't say nothing. It's, it's, you know, it's a touchy situation, man. He's black. The hell do people think he's scared too? Shit, just because he's rich doesn't mean he's not acceptable to the bullshit, you know. And that's what people got to realize, man. This man's got to protect him and his. He's got kids too, man. You know, these people don't play fair. If people haven't realized that yet, they're not playing fair. They're, they went underground like we thought they would. And that's what we got to do. You got to stop talking about this shit. And, and motherfuckers got to get together and do what the fuck they got to do and quit talking on Facebook, man. I hate that shit. People, quit putting that shit out there. Shut up, listen, and try to do something. Do something. Damn talking. Damn putting on Facebook and commenting on shit. That's why I don't even comment on that no more, man. Sit back, shut your mouth, and watch and do something. That's what I say. Wow, good points, man. Strong statements. And um, Crystal Buck, anyone wanted to add to that or anyone disagree about maybe boycotting being, boycotting being a way to effectively change things? Boycotting really doesn't change anything. All it does is just kind of bring, it might bring some attention to it. But really and truthfully, you know, like my man just got through saying, we got to start taking, we got to start, you know, looking looking in the mirror and start trying to correct these things ourselves. We're too busy trying to pass the book and trying to make it look like it's somebody else's fault when it's our very own. I mean, we we got to start taking ownership of this. So that way, you know, we have to not be as, you know, as angry. Um, we need to start looking at ourselves and trying to, you know, solve the problems and solve the issues at hand because, I mean, we you know, we all have, you know, in the generation I grew up, our folks, my mom, my dad, grandmother, you know, we all, you know, we all sat down, we talk about these issues that are, you know, that are problems in our, in our society today. Um, you know, you have to respect the police. They have a job to do. And, you know, if now, you know, there's such disrespect, you know, that's the problem. I mean, so, we got to look at ourselves in the mirror first so we can correct our own issues first. Then we'll know how to act when we're out in the, in the world. And then you'll start getting, you know, a better feedback. So, you know, we got to start with ourselves first. Yeah, there's some, you know, the police have a job to do. Not all of them are good, not all of them bad. But, you know, they, they need some additional training as well. But the training needs to start with us first. And we need to start, you know, we need to start, you know, if we're parents, you know, the ones that have kids, we need to be telling our kids the things that, you know, we need to tell them, you know. So, therefore, they don't become a statistic. And, you know, we need to also, you know, live by our own, you know, live by our own rules so we won't become a, 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 a I can't even say it, statistic also. Right. All right. Good points. Good points. Let me go to the 209 area code to go to the state of California. Welcome on, Fred. Fred, what's happening, man? 
How you doing, Q? Um, I just will respectfully say, um, we that's not gonna that's gonna help what's going. I mean, checking ourselves and our emotions and controlling what we do. It's just for the inner. It's for amongst ourselves. That is not gonna solve the ignorance, vitriol, venom, and hatred that people have for us. That ain't us. See, the thing is, I, I, I say this all the time. Well, I don't say this much, but I'm that premier black guy that everyone wishes that, you know, uh, my non-black friends wish that every else can, uh, wish that every other black man could be like, right? But even I'm sitting here like, no, I've been that. I played that role. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the guy who's going to, you know, try to be you know, upstanding guy, and that does not help. It helps with just, like, people who are who are not racist or prejudiced or bigoted. That's not going to help with systematic laws that gun us down, that it's not going to help. The boycotts will help. You know, I, I just kind of disagree that it's just with us. No, it's them too. But that's what I have to say. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. And so... I mean, when it's all said and done, um, I, I do I do like what Daddy Rich had to say about people need to do a little more than just hashtagging and, and and commenting on Facebook. I mean, there are a lot of people who are angry, and that's how they get their frustration out. And there's plenty that can be done. Um, I mean, at, at one point, it's saying like, was when the Black Lives Movement Matter first started, Black Lives Matter movement first started, it seemed like everyone was starting to join something that was going the right direction and trying to raise awareness to something that is very, that is still very important, and that's just the treatment of black people in general. And now it seems like it's gone different directions, people have hijacked it, you have different branches. Kind of like what happened with the Black Panther Party, you know, the more factions you have, the more opportunities for um, people to have their own agenda. And so I I like the idea as far as trying to do more, I I guess, focus on us than anything else. Like um, my man Mike chimed in from Twitter again, and he says that we have to um, start community building. He said, block by block, support black businesses, create jobs, educate our young, police our community, um, stop the coalescence on the block, stop the fracturing. And that's a good point. We do need to police ourselves, okay? Um, a lot of people have been talking about they, they're they putting their money in black banks, and, and that's a start. And by the same token, black businesses, you've got to have top-notch customer service. Please don't have this bad customer service that drives a lot of us crazy when we're trying to give you our money. Please don't do that. Don't mistreat us because we're black and think we're supposed to understand. But, I mean, so there's a lot of opportunities for us out there. We just have to do it. You know, like Daddy Rich said, we just have to do it and stop talking about it. But when it's all said and done, I mean, right now, of course, you know, the media is perpetuating this war between black men and the cops and that war is not 
among the majority of black men or cops. There are a lot of cops who could care less about the color of your skin. There are a lot of black people who care less about the color of your uniform. And now, Crystal, the other night, there were some cops that walked out of a security detail at a WNBA game up in Minnesota. The Minnesota Lynx players were wearing Black Lives Matter t-shirts with the names of uh, Phil Castile and Alton Sterling on the back of them. I mean, should the cops have been offended by that? I don't understand why that offended them personally. Now, granted, this was in Minnesota where Castile got killed. Uh, do you think they handled that correctly? Um, the fact that they were wearing the T-shirts or whatever? Yeah. Or what did the cops do? Did they say something? They walked out of the I security. Mean, they were supposed to be doing security for the game. They walked out. Oh, okay. Well, see, that's the whole thing. It's gotten twisted into is what I was saying before, these sides. Um, I think everybody should be on the side of the innocent people who were killed. And But that doesn't mean that you are against cops. It means that you're against those cops and their situation and what caused them to react um, the way they did. Now, um, the guys who killed Sterling, or he was, they were obviously you know, completely in the wrong. And then the guy killed Castillo, they were, he he obviously shot too fast. Of course, we didn't see what happened before that. But whatever happened, it was obvious that he didn't, you know, he reacted too quickly. And, you know, because of his immediate reaction afterwards was one of obvious shot. Right. So that goes with, Someone who should not, on both situations, you have people who should not have been in their position. But, and see, that's, that's, see, that's where we are right now, though. It's like if you speak, if you're black and you don't, quote, unquote, wear that T-shirt, um, then you must be on the other side. You know, and it's, that's the most ridiculous thing ever. Absolutely. But I could see how you know, them getting upset and walking out because they feel, okay, well, this is an attack against me. And, you know, and that's kind of where we we are. We're, you know, they're obviously attacking, just like with the black um, sergeant who, um, Clark, you know, who was saying what he was saying, oh, well, that's obviously, you know, a black. And I've seen a lot of people come out against him. Oh, he's obviously a guy who's against, uh, who's ashaming his own race or something. I mean, you can't have it both ways. I mean, you, why can't you understand that you you have to fight against what's wrong and stand on the side of what's right? And that has nothing to do with um, the color of someone's skin. Because if, 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 you, if you make a blatant statement to say, well, all black people are, gr- are good, therefore, no matter what they do, we have to be on their side because we're black too, that's, that's, that's stupid. But that's where we are right now, as far as the masses are concerned, and as far as the people who are letting the media, you know, affect them. You know, I really get sick of people saying, um, "Well, it's the media's fault." It's not the media's fault. Their job is to report the news. What you do with that news, that's on you. What you do with that information, is on you. Don't kill the messenger. 
And if you say, well, that's, they're just, they just keep talking about it, that's their whole thing, that's their fucking job to talk about it. What the fuck else are we going to do? That's what, your job is to talk about it, is to report what's going on. And what you do with that information is on you. If you take that information and go wowing out, well, then that's, 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 that's an issue with you. If you take that information and, and understand it and say, okay, that's their information, but let me research and find out what's really going on. Just like I did with Black Lives Matter. I wanted to say, who the hell are these people? I mean, hmm. who started this shit? And I found out, and it, and it disturbed me because it made me upset for the, the origins and then where it's kind of gotten spiraled out of control probably, and I'm pretty sure, about people who are not even really a part of it, <laughs> you know, not the actual organization. So, you know, and so now it's just this blanket thing. But it became this blanket thing because it was a hashtag. It started out just as a hashtag, right. and then it grew from there. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely get what Daddy Rich is saying, and that's one of the reasons you know, and I was here listening to him speak. It was exactly why I didn't stay on the line last week. I couldn't, I can't do it. You know, I mean, it's it's like what, it, it all becomes a bunch of rhetoric after a while. And, but I think as far as what we've talked about tonight, the best statement I heard all night was, you know, from Buck when he said that if you want to march against something, March against the bullshit that's going on right next door to you in your own town. You know damn well. And see, this is something I have heard too um, with some reporters and some journalists, black journalists or whatever, when they're reporting. Um, as soon as you say anything, well, there, there are plenty of blacks who are killing each other right in your own neighborhood, and nobody's upset about that. You know, no one's starting a force against that shit a national force against that that is killing our, our kids every single day. What about that? But you can't say that because that's us against us, and that's wrong. Right. We can't, we can't talk about, about that. It. It's, like we, it's like we can't talk about colorism within our own community, bright skin, light skin, dark skin, all this shit. We can't talk about that either. So I mean, but it's like that's one of those things where we can do both. I mean, people feel like you have to choose one or the other. Like if if – if you're talking about cops, you can't talk about black on black. And if you're talking about black on black, you can't talk about police brutality. But when in actuality, we can address both. It's not like there's not enough black people to go around. You know, <laughs> I don't think people have to choose. So let me go back to the phone lines to the 601 area code, the Matanoia State of Mississippi, to welcome on the man who's been dubbed as the Minister of Sexual Affairs, Eminem. What's happening, bro? Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? Eminem got a question that came from Twitter from Mike. He said the FBI reports that the KKK infiltrates cops. Isn't that part of the discussion? Yeah. I mean, that, that see, it's like this. It, it, it's like this. You know, I, I laugh at a lot of stuff that's going on because, um, and I'm pretty sure everybody can attest to this in a different way, not necessarily on the same subject. But you know how there might be something that you understand regardless if it's something shallow or serious, but people tend not to be like, you know what, the, um, Q, I heard you say something about the service at this restaurant suck, but, man, I didn't believe that. But now that I went to that restaurant and and 
that waitress had a bad attitude. Now I believe it. Well, now right. I believe it is the shit that just got me sick to the core because certain black people, black people like me and a lot of other black people that are not ignorant and just don't say something just to try to start a race war every damn thing, every time something happens, but it's almost like you're crying wolf, like, okay, we're not in a cotton field. Uh, we have black representatives. What's your fucking problem? Let me tell you what my fucking problem is. Until we had camera phones and video recorders, yeah, I did have a fucking problem because it was like shit that was happening. It's like people looked at you like you was crying wolf, and I'll I'll say it, and I'll say it, and I'll say it. I done said it a hundred times probably on this show. Yes, white America, don't piss in your pants. Ninety-five percent of you are not only doing the right thing, y'all have just climbed the mountain, then went up another level on the motherfucker. But for the five percent of y'all that's holding on to the old bullshit, number one, the first order of business was dismantling the black family, dismantling black leadership, and uh, manipulating, you know, creating like a uh, self-hate type of thing within us, you know. And as far as the physical stuff, everybody black knew this. And, you know, people label everything in the South, shit, this shit in all 50 states, and that's a fact, especially in the city, just different forms. The cops was the main, cops and the judges was the main way the the Klan and all hate groups, everything don't have to be as extreme as the Klan, but all hate groups or all people who had a problem with somebody, um, the main way that was infiltrated was through the judicial system. And the front end of that was the damn police. You know, not and then when a cop hear that, they like, oh, you have now nah, I have nothing against the police. You know, um, uh, I have a nephew that's a state trooper, and one of my uh, best friends from college is a state trooper, and he's in the military on on duty doing something now that he can't talk about. But the point is, nevertheless, I ain't one of these motherfuckers just because I know somebody that that don't represent everybody, because I've been somebody pulled over for nothing. I've been somebody that had guns pulled on me, and the only reason they didn't shoot for nothing was because I had a carload of kids. You know, that's the only reason. I know that for a fact. So to hear people be like, oh, shit, man, that's fucked up how they did dude in Baton Rouge, or that's fucked up how they do dude in Minnesota, it's like, okay, well, damn, well, y'all been on the rock all the time? So now when you see it, it's just like the stuff you've been hearing people saying from 1969 up to 19... Um, 99, and after that, you know, stuff started coming up. Well, no, no, take that back, 1992, because once they installed cameras on on police cars, you know, they caught they caught the Rodney King beat. But Rodney King beat's been going on. You know, they, I mean, that's like every other weekend in certain parts of the country at certain times of the, of, of, you know, at certain periods of time. So now you got all these people all of a sudden discovered that, you know, that this happened to black people, then for all these people mad because black lives matter, well, that's the point. You know, if you don't say black lives matter, nobody cares. That's been the problem the whole time. You know, nobody, no decent citizen is wanting somebody to say, well, look, I'm going to let you rob a bank, and just because you black, I'm going to let you go. No, that's idiocracy. All people are saying is this. Listen, I done lost very, very close family members to brutal murders that were never unsolved and out of fact they weren't even really investigated you know what i'm saying and that ain't no good damn feeling and if a black life matter i want to see the same perpetrators 
research, caught, apprehended, and brought to justice the same they would do uh, anybody else. And it has nothing to do about uh, somebody black having something against a white person. As a matter of fact, they even did a study on that shit when, uh, matter of fact, this girl is actually from Mississippi. They came up missing in Aruba. Natalie uh, um, Holloway. Holloway. And it was somebody black that came up missing somewhere, and the, the shit was barely investigated. And now, was it because... I don't know. Was, it, was it racial? Who knows? I'm not the one to call somebody racial. I'm just looking at the facts. So anytime you've been a direct or indirect victim of any kind of crime, regardless of the color, and if you don't feel that a person has did... The system, I should say, has did what they have needed to do to solve this. Then, no, hell, no, black lives don't matter. You know, ask people who uh, inhibited uh, South Los Angeles from the fifties, and they watched they 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 hard work go to nothing because the system allowed uh, black on black crime to get to the point where they destroyed blocks and blocks and blocks. People getting killed and shit never being investigated. People bragging about it, laughing about it. You know, now when 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 they want to be serious about all lives matter, fine. Prove all these loud crying niggas out there like me wrong by doing it judiciously. Matter of fact, Q, I'm on okay. uh, jury duty now, and, <laughs> and it's it's funny because you know, of course, you know, I can't talk about it, but it's you know, it's a black person. It's in my city where I live at, Jackson, Mississippi, and everything. But it's just funny how um, whether the person is guilty or not, I guarantee you I'll probably see them in two weeks versus other parts of the country, not even just Mississippi, where they would get justice. You know, my version of Black Lives Matter is like I'm talking about black-on-black crime. I'm talking about treat black-on-black crime like it's a crime. Don't let somebody break in my house and not do nothing to them. Don't let somebody shoot somebody I know and nothing happen to them. Okay. All right. Q. Yeah. Yeah, he he, um, he has a point. Q. Go ahead. Oh, um, just two things. Um, what the sister that was on the line? She said the origin of Black Lives Matter. If she's still on the line, can she say real quick what that was again? Because I've been, you know, because I'm I was kind of interested in too. I do agree. We do need to stop talking online. Because if we really want to get something done, we need to stop. You know, because the FBI they actually do listen to these things. You know, but yeah, she's still online. Can she explain what that was? Crystal, you said you had looked up the information on Black Lives Matter. Yeah, I just went to BlackLivesMatter.com, and um, the three women who are gay women, and that was they, as part of they have a, a page that says. Who, who we are, who are we? And they they created it, of course, in response to Trayvon Martin and the fact that um, the uh, Zimmerman wasn't uh, was acquitted. But um, so that was the beginnings. But the the reason, one of the reasons why they created it and wanted to come together and do something, the three women, is because um, being gay women and uh, they call themselves queer, you know, women because it's queer. Um, encompasses not just, um, you know, the regular, quote-unquote, homosexuality, but all types of the LGBT community. So they they felt that when their voices, their voices and being black, all of that together, were not heard in these civil rights kinds of uh, movements. So they wanted to create something 
on on their own and to make sure that they were in the in the limelight or front to say that we matter too and that um our voices matter. So that that was their whole premise. And she did um I think it's um if I may have her name wrong, Alicia was the one of the, the main founders, she was the one who was writing. Um mm-hmm. was saying that even as the the um, Black Lives Matter went from a hashtag, just an online thing, to an actual um, movement and where people started organizing themselves. Even now she feels that um, some of it has been hijacked um, because they've, you know, the, their voice has kind of been pushed to the side. They've been doing, right. you know, they're still a part of it, of course, but, um, you know, but the main part of it is, is more of a male-focused thing, and then maybe that's just the nature of how things metamorphosizes. You know, but um, but anyway, that was the origin of the movement to to make sure that the voices and that the um, civil rights ideas and and issues that the LGBT community has, specifically the Black LGBT community, uh, is being heard. And the uh, Trayvon Martin was just one of the beginnings of it, you know, because it was a young kid who, who was killed, and so they wanted to, to do something and speak about it. So um, that was that was their origin. That was the whole thing. And, and if you look on the website, which is very good, it has lots of, of great information on there, not just about them, but about um, the movement and, and just many other things just in general giving you knowledge of what's going on. And, of course, there's chapters, you know, across some states and things like that that you can join But because it, it, it's expanded, you know. But right. um, but they do put in there their, like, their main principles. And most of those principles have to do um, with the LGBT community and making sure that those voices are heard. So, so it's interesting. Because this is the only thing that's really being, and maybe it's because of the nature of, of what's going on and, you know, whatever, but the, the main thing that's being talked about is just black males. <laughs> and, you know, it's more of a male-driven thing now, which is fine because that's what that's part of it, but there's other things that are going on. Right. But, of course, that's not getting the voice. But okay. that, that's, that's why they, as three queer women uh, came together to say we want to do something too because they felt that the other movements were not were not really allowing their voice. So. All right. Thanks for that, Crystal. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it, you mentioned Trayvon Martin and I, I'm like these so-called killers or whatever, you know, why are all these cops dead and Zimmerman still walking around? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to advocate that someone puts a hit on George Zimmerman or whatever. I'm just saying it's ironic that you're shooting cops and George Zimmerman, you know, is selling stuff on eBay and getting paid. You know, for all these stuff out there. Mm-hmm. I just feel like send out the No jury would convict. So. <laughs> but, all right. Um. I have one more topic I want to get to, which is completely unrelated. I think we need a break from all of this. A little stressful. So I'll take a quick 60-second break and be back with a short topic and wrap up the show. Hi, I'm Bobby Willis. I'm repping at Lone Star State, and you're listening to Talk to Q Radio Show. No expertise, just opinion. 
All right, 347-202-0215 is the number. You want to get in for last-minute discussion, um, maybe address what we've discussed in the final thoughts, or in this new topic that um, I wanted to discuss this last week, but we ran out of time. This whole Pokemon Go craze, okay? For those who aren't familiar with what's going on, Pokemon Go is a free-to-play, location-based, virtual reality type of mobile game, and it was released in 2000, um, excuse me, released this month in July, like a week or two ago, for Apple and Android devices. Now, this game makes use of your GPS and your camera, and it allows players to capture, battle, and train virtual creatures called Pokemon who appear on the device's screen as though in the real world. Now, these Pokemons can be found near bodies of water, near historic landmarks, and things of that nature. And recently, people have been flooding the Holocaust Museum to play the game inside <laughs> the museum. All right? And there are also people who have been converging on the White House to play because, again, the game uses the GPS and um, it puts these creatures that you're looking for inside a lot of historical landmark areas. So, Crystal, let me go back to you and start with you. Do you think this game should be restricted as far as where it's played? I mean, you have people going through the Holocaust Museum with their phones out shooting at Pokemons, and a lot of people saying that it's very disruptive to those who are there and they're actually grieving in the Holocaust Museum. (laughs) Well, first of all, um, they did come out to say that they didn't mean to put it at the Holocaust or in Rosa Parks whatever, um, area here in Detroit as far as the um, her graveside. And it, it does, it, it's not set up to go to those areas. It's just that it just so happens as far as their grids that um, that's where it kind of landed. So they're looking into that. But what's actually happening is that a lot of these um, businesses, like I think McDonald's has come on board, um, and some gyms, actual gyms and things like that, places where they will have an, a, a literal place where people can go to where they set up the Pokemon. Um, so, and those biz- businesses actually get to take advantage of the fact that these people are in their, you know, business and establishment or around it. So this is, this is you know, because it just started as, like, a game, and now it's, like, really, it took off so fast, and now businesses are rushing to figure out, how can I make money, too? You know, how can I be in on this, you know, before it's gone or not a fad anymore? But these kinds of games will continue, and they will continue to spread because people need fantasy. They need to get the hell out of here <laughs> of this reality bullshit and they need to play, and they need to go and search for Pokemon, and they need to find these rings and these gems, and they need to do this, because then the life kind of sucks, okay? Just like with the virtual reality um, lenses that are coming out in the games, it's, you know, it's not my holodeck yet, but it's getting close. You know, every every day it's getting closer. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, of course it's disrespectful, and, you know, it's, people are looking at that, and, it, you know, a lot of players are actually finding out ways to cheat where they don't even have to leave their home. You know, they just of kind of sit in front of a fan, and it kind of, 
you know, it feels like emotion is happening. So there's plenty of ways that they're cheating with it in order so they don't have to run all over the damn world in order, you know, to find damn Pokemon. Okay. My man Mike said that the police are using it to catch criminals by luring them <laughs> with a rare Pokemon. That's crazy. That's Great crazy. Idea. If you're a crook and you get caught trying to get, get a Pokemon, you deserve to go to jail and do double the time. And uh, so, Fred, have I, I know it's probably really big out in Cali, too, man. Have you played it? You know anyone who plays it? What's your opinion on this Pokemon Go? Okay, I'll just come straight out with it. I um I did download it on my phone, but I deleted it because I I like playing game at a time. I'm playing Final Fantasy VII on my iPhone right now, so I'm just playing that one. But but oh. Pokemon Go, I, <laughs> I like Final Fantasy. But um I'm in the military, and when I was at my base last uh, last month, oh, this month, earlier this month. The one thing that people cannot stop about people higher ranking than me were talking about. We need they're talking about not only military stuff, but Pokemon Go. And there's people who hire, like, sergeants and stuff. So I'm just like, what the? Y'all, and they could not stop talking about it, like, the whole day. So I'm just <laughs> like, wow. Even, you just want to talk about important stuff, but you're, you're talking about uh, Pokemon Go was just as important as filling out paperwork, you know. So I, I thought it was really funny, but that's what I have to say about it. Oh, my goodness. And Daddy Rich, what about you, man? Man, I haven't played it. I haven't even attempted to look at it, man. I, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I've been working, man. I've been working in the lab. In the lab. Okay. And so I, Buck, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> okay. Buck, there have been people who have walked in the street and been hit by cars. Um, I think there was someone that walked off a cliff while playing this game. Oh. They're so busy looking down at their phone. You know, oh, I mean, wow. do you yeah. think that these virtual games should be restricted to certain ages to prevent children from harming themselves? Because these Man, were adults. A, it, I mean, it's funny. You know, I was talking to you about this over the weekend. You know, I was going to play cards with my niece, who's 22. And uh, my niece is lazy, so she doesn't really do too much. Man, this child got up out the room and go running out. And I'm like, what? She goes, I got to go find the Pokemon. And I ain't hear about the game, right? So I'm looking outside, turn the porch light on. I'm like, what the fuck? This girl done got a hold to. This girl done got a hold to some drugs or some shit. That's the fastest this motherfucker has ever moved. And I'm like, I said, and I'm saying to myself, you can't play this shit on outside. I said, this shit on the damn, you know, PlayStation. It's some bullshit. <laughs> So, you know, I'm sitting up here and I go, I'm about to call my sister because this girl got on to some drugs. So she come back about, I come, she come back about 25 minutes later. And I said, what the fuck are you doing? She go, I went out to go find the Pokemon. I said, girl, you need to sit down. I said, don't get me and call your mama. She goes, no, it's a game on the phone. And she was showing it to me, right? And I'm like, don't run out of here like that no more. I'm going like, you ain't never moved that fast since you've been here. I'm like, that's bullshit. I mean, I said, what's going to happen if you fool around and run out in this street? I said, you know how people go up and down my road? I said, they think it's Talladega Super Speedway. I said, you get your big-ass pop. She goes, I ain't going to get hit. I'm going like, you move too damn slow, except when you're running out to go find that son of a bitch. Man, it tripped me the hell out. So, I mean, you don't need – Pokemon don't need to be in the street, and the damn show don't need to be in somebody else's yard because you know everybody damn got you trigger-happy now. 
And, you know, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to be looking for some damn Pokemon that run up in somebody's yard and somebody decide they're going to drop a cap in your ass because you in their yard, you know, you trespass. So well, there needs like, to be some, it needs to be some sort of limits, and not only just for the kids, but the damn adults too, because these dumb motherfuckers are going all in folks' houses and museums and, you know, hospitals and all this shit, <laughs> trying to find these damn imaginary motherfuckers. I mean, right. Come on. It's amazing because <laughs> I had a friend of mine that I went to lunch with last week, and he caught one on the dashboard of my car. He's sitting in, he's sitting in the passenger seat playing with his phone. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? He said, man, there's a Pokemon on your dash. And I'm like, man, I'll put you out of my car. You know? <laughs> Don't be catching no mythical creatures what? in my ride. But, I mean, <sighs> you have a lot of people who you have a lot of people who play it early in the morning because the servers aren't overloaded, so that's the best time to play. There were some guys here in Jackson, Mississippi, who were walking down the street at 4 a.m., and it was caught on surveillance camera. And this car did a U-turn and came back around and robbed them. Because, um, you know, they're out walking on the street at 4 in the morning, you know. And so you have to be careful, I guess, if you're going to play. I think it's a pretty cool concept. For those who haven't seen it, YouTube it and just look at it. It's pretty cool how the game uses your camera on your phone and makes it look like you're actually shooting at something or fighting something in the room. Um, but it does take things a little far. Um, it makes you walk, which is actually a good thing because there are certain characters that you acquire, and in order to build that character's strength, you may have to walk six miles in order to train that particular character, you know. So in a way, I guess it kind of tricks people into exercising, even though some people just put their phone in a cup holder and drive around. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's pretty interesting and I mean, is there anyone who wouldn't play it? I mean, would you try it if you had the chance? I know Fred said he downloaded it at least, but would anyone actually try it? Um, I'll, when I get done playing, like, because I, I like RPG games, so maybe I'll get done. I'll try and check it out. But I play Pokemon when I was a little kid, so I'm not that crazy about it. Um, I remember, you know, when it came out in 1999. But I'll check it out, you know, eventually. Okay. Anybody else? Crystal, Buck? No, it's not really my thing. Um, But I know that, I mean, I do play games, but it's not the games I play. So, but I'm pretty sure they're going to come out with other types of things, especially if they they see that, um, oh, there's a term for it. IGR or something. There's types of games where it includes this type of um, character inside reality. It's like a mixture of reality and the game. Um, you know, they obviously see this is something that people like and it's, you know, they're getting excited about. It's different. So I, I definitely see it expanding into different types of oh, games yeah. that maybe doesn't take you out of, you know, into the hood looking for goddamn Pokemon. And you know, 4 a.m. <laughs> but something else that you could do um, that maybe you could utilize your like a tablet so you can see like inside of your wherever surroundings you are and play like maybe you can even play a game like a card game like these games that we play different app games with our friends but you play with a character that you can see when you are looking at through your tablet, you know, kind of a thing. 
So something or your phone even that's there inside of wherever you are, like sitting at next to you or across in a table or, you know, so you're having this conversation with this imaginary right. teacher that's next to you or whatever, and you're playing the game with them. So things like that, I could see them doing that, continuing. Um, and as far as this particular Pokemon, I know, like I said, they are definitely trying to figure out a way to incorporate it so people aren't randomly going all these places, but they're going to specific places. And, you know, hey, if it takes off, this could, you know, definitely turn into something where you can do inside of a gym, um, like a stadium or something, where you can get all these people together and they can, you know, play, expanse of a place. So, oh, yeah. So I I see it taking off, and I'm excited to see where it's going to go with it. And everything, but this, and I like, like you said, you know, I really like the concept. I like the fact of getting people off the couch, which I'm sure that was their mindset thinking, well, let's get people up and get them moving, get them doing something. I mean, we tried it with the Wii, but let's do something else for where they're actually moving, moving, you know. So right. I like the concept, but they didn't work out all the kinks of reality. They were stuck in the game world. So it's hard to interact with reality, too. Shoot, you let me you let me have any control of it. I'm gonna make it so people have to find characters in a voting booth. Oh my god, so boring. Okay, now I'm just going to sleep. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Tomorrow's own coverage returns to T2Q. We'll talk about the Deontay Wilder fight and what's next for him. We'll discuss what Oklahoma City should do with Russell Westbrook and get into some NFL talk and a little Who Am I trivia. That's tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern as Zone Coverage returns to T2Q. And on Tuesday, July 26th, we're back at it. The Talk to Q radio show returns with more current event discussions and relationship chat. Um, in fact, it's been a while since we've had a good relationship discussion uh, with all this foolishness going on in the world. So maybe we can get to something soon. But whatever the topics, I guarantee you that you'll enjoy. The next current event show airs Tuesday, July 26th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Also, please be sure to go to TalkToQ.com and sign up for my email newsletter. That's the only way to be able to keep up with the show because ultimately I am going to be leaving Blog Talk Radio. So go there, sign up for the email newsletter, and you'll be able to keep up with where I wind up. Now, let me get to everyone's final thoughts, and we'll shut this thing down. I think it's been a great show. Everyone has given a lot of great opinions, a lot of different callers tonight. And so I'll get final thoughts. And Fred, I'll start with you, man. Um, I really don't much to say. Um, other than uh, I, I'm gonna start putting my money into a black owned bank. <laughs> uh, I think they have one in Compton. I'm gonna quit in Northern California. But other than that, I mean, have a great night, I guess. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate it. I always enjoy you calling the show. And Daddy Rich, final thoughts. Man, good show, man. I'm glad I came in on it. I got in a little late, but it's a great show, man. It's nice to hear other people's opinions on what's going on around us. Uh, I think that, uh, like I said, man, we, we need to be quiet and, and just watch and, and do what we have to do, man, to make things right with our people, man. And that's the best thing to do, man, is, is 
to try and make every and we got to remember not all cops are bad, man. Because I have a lot of family members and a lot of friends that I grew up with that I still hang with, man. That are police officers, man. That have helped me through some things. I've run into bad police officers. And I'll say that you know some crooked ones, but the most part, the ones that I know, due to the fact my mom works for the DA, you know, so I basically know all of them. But you know. It's, it's a different situation, but I grew up with most of the cops because it's a small town where I grew up at, but there were some bad ones, but, you know, we need to remember that, you know, not all of them are bad, man. Not all of them are bad. No doubt. All right, man. Appreciate you chiming in. Good to hear your voice. And, Buck, I'll go to you. Great show, as always. I mean, man, I mean, we have to start looking at ourselves um, and start correcting the issues that we have in our communities. You know, this Black Lives Matter movement, to me, is a bunch of garbage because we're not really doing what we need to do to straighten out what really is the, the, the problem. Um, you know, we can, we can get all these people to march and get out in the street and march, but we can't clean up our own neighborhoods. You know, we can't, you know, we can't, do that that's what really we you know we really need to start there um not all cops are bad not all cops are good we know they need more training but you know let's look at ourselves first and try to you know let's look in the mirror and get ourselves straightened out first and i think you know society as a whole will start treating us better versus you know the way it is right now because now not only is it open season on police officers, but it's also open season on us because every time one of these clowns goes out here and shoots, shoots up a bunch of cops, then that, you know, that means we got to be on high alert, you know, get everything done before you get home from work, you know, go eat in a restaurant or whatever, before, and you make sure you go and go in packs. I mean, this is what it's coming to. And, you know, this is something that Q mentioned earlier in the show that I was saying, you know, some of the things I'm saying now, I said three years ago. So, you know, these are things, you know, it shouldn't be this way. We're supposed to be free in America, but we see America's not as free as we think it is. So let's make the changes that we need. If we're parents of kids, we need to, you know, we need to train them the way they need to be trained. Um, and we also, you know, we need to respect the police. They have a tough enough job to do as it is. We don't need to make it worse. So the Black Lives Matter movement, you need to start going into these neighborhoods, going into, you know, the you know the businesses and things of that nature and talking and, you know, bring police officers with you and have a forum with all those people and see if we can't, you know, solve some problems instead of creating them. And everybody have a good night. Great stuff, man. Appreciate that. And Crystal, shut it down for me. Well, it was a good show, um, and I'm glad I called in because I was thinking about it. Like I said last time, I couldn't stay on. Um, it was a great conversation, and I listened on the outside. But I do get tired of talking about it. I get tired of hearing about it. And, you know, it, of course, it, it hits home, you know, with all of us. And, you know, it drains you, you know. It drains you. And it's just, it's too much because it is, we're creating, you know, a powder keg, you know, we're creating something that's going to explode 
And and it's, you know, we're just basically running amok, chaos. And, you know, it's unfortunate that we don't have the right people in place to, um, you know, to kind of hone everybody together and, and to and to um to speak out and and I really do wish someone from this Black Lives Matter would come out and condemn or say whatever whatever their actual agenda is to say it. And you know, so there's no confusion. But right, right. now they're being um blanketed marked as the as the leading force. They're the leading force. And and it within it was even within the organization itself. Again, they have several chapters. They're all different, with you know, with different people. And there's only one person that I even know of. And this was I can't I don't know his name, but I saw that he was arrested, and they you know named him as like the one of the lead people, and. Um, and there were some others who were quote unquote the lead person, which probably weren't you know leaders or whatever. I don't know. Um, got into trouble before, and and so and it's like, but well, okay, who is what is the or is there is there a president? Is there you know what is the structure? And I think that's the real problem. There, this was not meant to be actually what it is. It kind of like spread out into something huge before. And it's still really in its infancy. It just came out just a few years ago. You know, like what, three, four years ago? I mean, it hasn't really even had a real structure, but it's placed out there as the main theme for black people. They're speaking for us, whoever. And, and it's, again, it's not, it's not even really the founders anymore. It's, it's these fractions of people if within different states or whatever, or whoever decides to stand up and say, "I'm Black Lives Matter," let me, I'm talking, you know, or whatever. So, so it's 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 just too chaotic. It's not structured. It's not organized. And and that's I think that's really been our problem as a black culture that nothing has really been organized. People have quote unquote gotten out of the ghetto or whatever or moved on. It became rich however they did it, you know, sports, business, whatever, and never looked back or rarely looks back. And um, as far as I'm concerned, I, I kind of get why they don't. I mean, you know, it's like getting freed from jail. I don't want to go back. <laughs> no, I'm out. But um, the, I think that's really where we're at right now. It, it's really chaotic and hopefully – you know, there is still hope that this um, hopefully will die down and people will begin to actually have real conversations. The, converse, the change we want has to happen on a government level. It has to happen within your communities. You have to um, go out and vote for the right people. You do have to pay attention to the politics. Um, or you have to let the people who do pay attention to politics support them. Everybody doesn't have to be the speaker and the politician and the greatest, you know, um, person who has all this information. Everybody doesn't have to be the activist. You know, there are people who are really good at that. Let them do that. Support them in that. You don't have to stand up and be that person. 
And I think everybody thinks, oh, I have to do it. If you're not doing it, then, you know, if you're not out there doing something, I mean, you can do something within your, own, within your own house, which is actually the real problem because nobody's taking care of their own house. If you, you know, pay attention to your kids, your family, you know, and pay attention to them, then it will spread out, you know, but we don't pay attention. We go outside of our homes to try to make a stand. Make a stand in your own damn house, you know, and start from there. That's how you make that's how you make an impact on black kids, parents or whoever's taking care of them. Those are the people who make impacts. That's where we need to, to start. And we've been saying this for years. This is nothing new. But we have to keep saying it over and over again because apparently it ain't happening. Right. So that's my thoughts. And everybody go out and play Pokemon, you know, play games, man. I mean, you know, have a drink. I mean shit. Take some Xanax. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> or read That's my some, advice. Read some more of Melania Trump's um, quotes. And it appears that Melania Trump has issued an apology for misappropriating some content of the First Lady's 2008 Democratic National Convention speech during her <laughs> speech last night. And here's Melania Trump's statement. Quote, I never meant to cause you any sorrow. I never meant to cause you any pain. I only wanted to one time see you laughing. I only wanted to see you laughing in the purple rain, end quote. Again, beautiful words spoken from the heart of Melania Trump. So, Okay, everybody out there who doesn't realize, those are false, and they're just comedy. (laughs) I hope people don't actually believe you. You know somewhere folks. somebody does. I know. People are idiots. It's amazing. Okay, I'm done. Oh boy, having some fun with that. And on that note, my thanks to the Genesis of Quave. Check it out over at SmashWords.com. My thanks to the Crystal Show for always having my back. Check out her latest podcast about near-death experiences over at TheCrystalShow.com. Thanks to the show legends, callers, tweet chatters, and Facebookers. The show airs on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. Again, sign up for the newsletter at TalkToQ.com to get announcements of upcoming shows. Now I have um, a music artist to introduce. His name is Jay Marr. He's an up-and-coming hip-hop artist that is bringing to you nothing but the heat. Right out of the Tar Heel state of North Carolina with his number one single, I'm Gonna Get Mine. Downloaded today from iTunes, Spotify, and other download venues. You can catch Jmar on Twitter at Jmar Music, and that's J M A R. He's on IG under Jmar Music, and you can check out the website bdentertainment.info. B as in boy, D as in dog, entertainment.info. Jmar, I'm gonna get my new EP this fall. Underrated. Take a listen and enjoy, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace out.
was trapped. Better cool up or rape or get jacked. I ain't never had to train, but you mess around and I'm stopping you in your tracks. Just want to elevate and relax, but I can't seem to concentrate with you rats. All in my face, but get back before I leave your neck and body detached. This ain't me. I try to keep it cool, OG, simply because the trauma ain't me. Set me free. I'm steady trying to stack this bread, but the haters keep swarming like bees. I ain't trying to live my life being paranoid. Stay in my lane, no swerving, boy. They say it's hard when you make it. I'm ready for it. I never change myself. I'm begging for it. I'm trying to take that place. Feel that space that you can feel. I'm a run all day with my head to the sky. Thinking God all day. There ain't anybody thinking that they stopping my pace. Sit back, relax, and embrace. The next few years, I'm winning this race. Trying to step up, get back, and sit straight. The boys ain't more taking over like LeBron all day. Hey, hey, what you gonna do? Cause I'ma get mine. Hey, what you gonna do? Cause I'ma get mine. Hey, what you gonna do? Cause I'ma get mine. Hey, I'ma get mine. Told you I'ma get mine. Hey, is it what you want? Hey, is it what you want? Hey, is it what you want? Tell them this can't be what you want. Hey, is it what you want? Hey, is it what you want? Hey, is it what you want? Tell them this can't be what you want. I ain't worried about the rest of the game. We gon' talk, so I'm doing my thing. I never let another body get a part of my lane. I try what fool me, now I'm going the same. People talk jump while you building your name and tell you you ain't making it by killing the game. I said this was now I'm going to range. If you don't like my songs, it ain't hard to change. I mean, dang, I don't want your opinion on me. I'm doing my thing and that's how it's gonna be. Calling me stubborn, now they frown on me. Yo, well, I ain't never seen the ground hold me. Trying to tell me you the clown hold me. You broke and you trying to look down on me. Fix yourself till then, I'ma run this game while I'm running my town home me. Plaguing everybody, if you thinking I won't finish, better my business. I'ma get it how I live it while I'm about to get up in it. Like I'm running in your kitchen, better pick another battle they bout to witness. Feeling myself, no be a pimpin'. Then you all about bull like Scotty Pippin. Never mind that when it's said to dub, I'ma be on top, no competition. Ha! Hey, what you gon' do? Cause I'ma get mine. Okay. Hey, what you gon' do? Cause I'ma get mine. Okay. Hey, what you gon' do? Cause I'ma get mine. 